Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. John chapter 6. When we were on our way here tonight, we hadn't eaten dinner yet. So we stopped at IGA. We had to actually, it wasn't for dinner. Uh, we actually were going to pick up some cookies and things for our fellowship tonight. But uh, we hadn't eaten dinner, so we were a little bit hungry. And Amy went in and she brought out uh, some snacks for each one of us. And uh, one of them was a Snickers bar. For She had one for her and one for me. And on the Snickers bar, of course, with, with our marketing campaign, they've got all kinds of different uh, words on, the, on different Snickers bars. And the one that uh, we got was Satisfies. Is satisfy something you associate with a Snickers bar? Is it something that satisfies you? Um, tonight, we're looking at how Jesus is ultimately satisfying. So much better than a Snickers bar that will be tasty in a moment, but will not last. Um, tonight, we're looking at uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000. And this is a a miracle that was recorded in all four of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What I want us particularly to see about this account, the one here in John, is connected to what we see before it. In the verses that... uh, we looked at last week. Jesus was confronting the Jews who were criticizing Him because He had claimed to be God. Because He had healed on the Sabbath and then He said, My Father is working. And He claimed to be God. And so the Jews were criticizing Him and and He said, You don't seek the glory that comes from God. There is one who accuses you. Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. So Moses wrote of Jesus. Jesus is here claiming that Moses wrote of Jesus. And I talked a little bit about that last week, about how the, in the, within the first five books which Moses wrote, it, it talks about the Messiah that is to come, about the uh, seed of the woman that would come and crush the serpent's head. About that seed that was expected whenever Noah was born and his father named him Noah because he thought this one will be the one who will give us rest from our toil and labor. Talking about the curse from Genesis chapter 3. Yet it wasn't. We were still looking forward to someone who would be greater than Noah. And in Deuteronomy, the passage that we read for our Scripture reading last week, or well, not last week, but the week before Bradley preached last week, we read of of God telling Moses to tell the people there would be a prophet like Moses who would come one day. A prophet that the people were to listen to who would be like Moses. 
Many have seen that prophecy, that prophecy of a prophet like Moses, to be pointing to the Messiah. And I think that we see that very clearly in John. In John chapter 1, it was, we were told that the law came through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. There's this comparison between Jesus and Moses. And tonight, our Scripture reading, we, we read of how Moses gave the people manna in the wilderness. The people grumbled against Moses. And the Lord said, give them manna. And Moses fed the people in the wilderness. Tonight we're looking at how Jesus fed the people in a miraculous way. Showing that Jesus is the greater and better Moses. Let's read from John chapter 6. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five loaves of bread and two fish. But what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down. About 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they, told his so they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving that they were about to come and make him and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. You have spoken to us by Your grace. Lord, it is food to us. Lord, feed Your people as we meditate on Your Word. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And give me strength. Give me grace to preach Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen says, 
after this. After what? Of course, Jesus had just been confronting the Jews. He had gone through chapter 5, beginning with this healing at the pool of Bethesda, which had happened in Jerusalem. Back in chapter 5, it said, after this there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. That's where he had that healing. And yet, here it says, after, the, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Well, I thought he was in Jerusalem. We, he hadn't gone anywhere, he hadn't traveled anywhere between the last passage and here. We get this a little bit filled out from the other Gospels. Um, it wasn't immediately after this experience in Jerusalem. No, he had gone and he was already ministering in Galilee. He was ministering, he was doing healing miracles and all kinds of things that people were seeing and they were being amazed by what Jesus was doing. And it was beginning to wear him out. He was tired. Remember, God, Jesus is fully man, fully God, but He's also fully man. And He got tired just like we did. And so He went away. Away from the crowds. Away from all the people that were gathering around Him. He went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But He couldn't get away. Verse 2 tells us a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. They saw what Jesus was doing and when they saw Jesus was leaving, they followed around on the bank. Jesus was crossing on the water and they, they went around and they met him right where he was. So he was trying to get away from all the people to rest. And they met him when, as soon as he got off the boat. And so, Jesus went up on the mountain. Maybe that's some place that he can go and get some rest. He went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And it tells us here, now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. This, I think, is the second reference to the, the Passover. In John chapter 3, we saw before he, um, before he cleansed the temple... He, there's also a reference to the fact that it, the Passover was at hand. And now here again, we have another reference to the Passover being at hand. Uh, Jesus' ministry was about three years. So this is probably the second Passover in his ministry. And Jesus, lifting up his eyes, he, he looked at the crowds. He, he didn't ignore them. You know, when we're worn out, when we're tired from ministry, from doing things and serving others, we might, we might try to do like Jesus was doing, go up on a mountain, be by ourselves, or, or just ignore everyone around us. No, I'm not saying Jesus was doing that, because He lifted up His eyes. He lifted up His eyes, and then seeing the large crowd was coming towards Him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread? so these people may eat. Now Jesus was omniscient. He knew everything. He was all-powerful. He could do anything. But He was testing Philip. It tells us here in the text that He was 
testing him. Jesus knew what he was about to do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii wouldn't be enough so that each person could have even a little bit. It wouldn't be enough. A denarii was a day's wages. And so 200 denarii, I didn't do the math, I'm taking the the commentary's word for it, would be about eight months' wages. Eight months' wages. And all of that money would not have been enough to buy food for all of the people that were there. Philip, he had sense. He looked at the situation, he saw all those people, and he realized, Jesus, you've got to be kidding me. We don't have that kind of money. He saw something that, from a human perspective, was real. But that didn't deter Jesus. Then, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Now notice something about Andrew. Andrew was the same one in chapter 1 that brought his brother Peter to Jesus. And every time we see Andrew, he's always bringing someone to Jesus. We need to be like Andrew in that way and bring people to Jesus. But he brought this little boy who had five loaves and two fish. And he, was, he had sense as well, just like Philip. He had sense. He said, what are they for so many? Seems like an impossible situation. How can we meet the needs of so many people? And as we look out at this community, with a need for Jesus... We can be overwhelmed. There are so many that need Jesus. What are we? We are so small. We have so little. How can we be effective at reaching people for Jesus? Jesus said, have the people sit down. He wasn't deterred by the facts. He wasn't deterred by what Philip said. It just cost too much money. He wasn't deterred by what Andrew said. We just aren't enough. We just don't have enough people. We just, we're just not enough. There's not enough to go around. He said, have the people sit down. And then the text gives us this little detail here. It says there was much grass in that place. Well, I'd rather sit down in the grass than I would in the gravel, wouldn't you? But that reminds me of the Psalm, Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He takes care of all of my needs. And he had these people sit down in green pastures on the grass. So the men sat down, 5,000 in number. The other Gospels tell us that there were many more than just these 5,000 men because there were also the women and children too. They just counted the men. There were so many people. The need was so enormous. Humanly speaking, they could never meet it. 
But that didn't deter Jesus. So Jesus, then he took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. The first thing he did was he gave thanks. He gave thanks. What would we do if we were in such a situation? Oh God, why did you put me in such a situation? Right? There's so much need, I can't do anything but know what Jesus did. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. Shouldn't that be our response? When we face enormous need, to give thanks that God has put us in a place that we can show His glory. And then, He gave thanks. He distributed to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. Doesn't tell us how it was all done, but Jesus just broke the bread, broke the fish, handed it out, and there was enough for everyone there. 5,000 men, all those women and children too, and he just broke five loaves of bread and two fish into so many pieces that everybody was able to eat. And they didn't just have a little bit. You know, Philip's concern was if we spent eight months' wages, we'd, we wouldn't even have enough so that everybody could have just a little bit. But here, it tells us that when Jesus broke the bread and broke the fish, it was enough so that everyone was satisfied. They had enough. They had all that they wanted. Jesus just continued to break it and break it and break it and hand it out and hand it out until they had as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, the next verse tells us, verse 12, and when they had eaten their fill, they were stuffed. They were stuffed to the gills. When they had eaten their fill, He told His disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Not only was it enough to feed all those people so that they all had their fill. They were stuffed. They were satisfied. It was enough so that the disciples themselves had a basket each they could take home. Each one of them, 12 baskets, one for each disciple, it was enough to serve them. You know what? Ministry is exhausting. When we serve our community, when we serve people, when we give people rides, when we take people meals, when we do all the things, when we go visit people, that can be exhausting. But Jesus here says He has enough, and there's not only just enough for the people we're pouring ourselves out for, there's enough for us too. There's enough for His disciples. There is enough for us too. So when we pour ourselves out and give ourselves in the draining, exhausting work of ministry, Jesus here shows us He is satisfying. He has enough for us too. And then, verse 14, when the people saw the sign that He had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world. Remember what I said 
One of the points of this passage in John is to show us that Jesus is the true and better Moses. Moses wrote about Jesus. We read the passage last time I preached. There was a prophet who would be like Moses. And the people recognized who Jesus was. They said, this indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. They were probably thinking of what Moses wrote. This is the one. This is the prophet. This is the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. This is the one who would destroy the curse. And yet Jesus, perceiving in then that they were about to come and make him, take Him by force and make Him king, Jesus withdrew from the mountain by Himself. There was successful ministry going on. People liked Him. People wanted more of Jesus and He went away. Because His ministry was not ultimately to be a human king when He came the first time. It was not to be a political Savior to come and rout out the Romans and give the Jews political freedom. His mission was to come and die. If the people had come and by force taken Him and made Him king, it would have been a threat to what He came to do for us. Jesus Himself, in a, later on in this chapter, just a few verses later, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks, says, I am the bread of life. Jesus is who is satisfying. He doesn't just give us things. We feed on Him. We feed on Him. The Gospel is not that Jesus was just some kind of good teacher, this miracle worker, just a great prophet, but that He came and He died for us. He took our sin. He took our punishment. Jesus said that we, in order to be His disciple, we must eat His flesh and drink His blood. It seems crazy to the world outside but that's participation in His life and in His death. We are to be crucified with Christ. No longer I who lives, but Christ in me. To eat His flesh. To drink His blood. Not merely fish and bread we take on Jesus. We participate in His death and resurrection for us. We have a satisfying Savior who takes away all of our diseases, takes away all of our sin, and gives us joy unspeakable joy. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.